Hi there, I'm Colin Green. You're listening to Spike Pit, but this is not one of my normal episodes. I'm calling these episodes my drive-by episodes, wherein I speak a little bit more candidly about the things that are on my mind. I'll be pulling less punches, maybe biting a bit less on my tongue. Now, if you think that's perhaps not such a good thing, then this is not the episode for you. Remember, this is a drive-by. Yes, folks, I know you want me to go away and be quiet, but I um, I cannot ignore these callings. I think I think it's an interesting discussion on the podcast now. We're getting ideas and suggestions about other games, what other games are doing, how they address player elimination. The point I made about board games seems to be sinking in a little bit. I mean, if if for you Monopoly is the pinnacle of board game design, perhaps you're not going to understand this. I feel like on Discord at the moment, I'm I'm struggling to get the message across. I feel like I'm banging my head against a brick wall somewhat. It's easy to feel like you can't ever a problem or ask a question if every time you raise a point. There's a tendency for, I don't know if I'd call it people getting defensive or, I, I don't know what it is, but telling me that things have always been done a certain way is, I, I just don't think it's helpful. When you when you play a game and you find you've got a problem, you go to the community for advice and ideas and to have a discussion, why are you shutting it down? with, ah, well, I think it's fine, we've always done it like that. That's rubbish. That is rubbish. Sorry, but how am I going to have a podcast with with that attitude? I I don't understand what I'm supposed to be able to talk about. So thankfully, I'm getting call-ins from people that are, are able to just put that aside, look at things, bearing in mind what I'm saying. I also try to say on the podcast that if you're fine and you haven't got a problem with your game, then we don't we don't need to talk about that because you're fine. I'm not fine with sitting on a bench on the sidelines watching a game for a couple of hours. I, I, I don't sign up for that. And I'm, I'm finding that's what I'm getting. I'm not making this I'm not making this shit up. Hey, Colin, regarding the lose-a-turn mechanics, I know you're ready to move past that. One interesting thing that was on the Discord today, Minion, also known as Rob, our friend over in Japan, he put up something that I really like, and I'm going to adopt it across the board of my games as the the Minion rule or the Minion you know, mod. And what that is is that other party members can shock a character into a saving throw. So if somebody's held or charmed or asleep, they can throw water on them or slap them in the face. Or if they're charmed because they drank the blood of Kali, maybe they can burn them with a torch to wake them up, right? So I think 
that is, you know, that way other party members can can use an action to give the person affected a save. And so I think that will go a long way towards fixing the issue. I realize it doesn't fix it if the play, if that PC is all by themselves, which case, I, I don't know about hero points or adventure points or whatever we want to call them. I like Hobbs's recommendation better where they can burn stats to get a chance for that extra save and throw. I, I actually like that quite a bit. Um, but you'd have, to, you'd have to figure it out. You'd have to look at it and, and figure out which stats you, you want them to burn and how quickly they come back and all that kind of thing. So it's a little bit tricky, but I, but I think there's something to that. As far as the conversation, you, I think you kind of want to veer towards now the idea of game design and good and bad game design. You know, it's interesting because we talk about old school games, but we're really talking about D&D, right? Because you look at other old school games, look at Tunnels and Trolls, the second fantasy role-playing game. Even though I currently have an issue with some of the policies of Flying Buffalo, Tunnels and Trolls, you know, will always have a soft spot for me. So in Tunnels and Trolls, when you, you know, as you get experience, the way the way you're going up and level and all is you're increasing your ability. So it is random generation initially, but after that, you bump up your scores and your saving throws are directly related to your attributes. So in Tunnels and Trolls, you do have the ability to you know, increase your saving throws effectively, and you can choose which ones go up as you get experience. So, and, and that was the the second game ever out there, right? And then as you go on, you know, later systems, you have systems like Bushido, which is like 1980, and in Bushido, it's all, you know, um, point by. So, you know, it's not random at all. You're well, there there are random elements like what cast your, or social status and stuff, but your attributes are all point by. So. You know, you can choose where your things go, and again, your saving throws and all are related to those. So you have a direct, you have total control over that beginning character, what points go where. So it's not, it's not an old game issue, but it, but it is a a D and D issue, a TSR D and D issue, I guess. So, yeah, I look forward as that discussion goes on. I just want to make sure I put a word in that some of the old games did allow that, you know, agency, the player. A, the human agency in affecting these fictional characters. So I, I just want to make sure that was known. Hey there, Colin. It's John here from the Red Dice Stories, just listening to your episode four for RPG Day Vision. And I think you raise an interesting point about people being discouraged from talking when their piece is not directly involved with the action. Now, I don't hold this strictly myself in games, but I do remember sort of back in the day that, yeah, that very much was a thing. You know, if you were talking when your character was unconscious or not there, people would be like, wait, you're not there, what's going on? And whilst I think if you're giving people sort of in-character advice and stuff like that, maybe that's a bit more sort of dodgy ground because your character's not actually there. I don't strictly enforce people like not talking when they're knocked out or whatever because it's a social activity at the end of the day. One of the things I think is good about online gaming, though, is if you're not involved and like, there's another person not involved, you can always sort of message them in the chat, you know, like when we're using Zoom or whatever, without disturbing the other players. Anyway, I'm going to get back to the rest of the episode, dude. Take care, and I'll catch you soon. Well, how very dare you, Colin, with your reasoned and rational argument. If it's not bad enough, you convince me to give 5th edition another go. To be honest, you've actually got me sort of questioning my initial thoughts 
about the, the sort of hold person and the paralysis and stuff like that. And obviously a, a number of people who've called in as well. And now I'm thinking about it. I, I can, to be honest, I can sort of see your point. And obviously, like I said, I watched the, um, I watched the session where you, you were basically sidelined for the entire session because of these, uh, these paralysis rays from the, the great race of Yith. But, um, Whilst I still do think that like a good GM can sort of lessen that impact by just not using loads of whole person and paralysis, I do think you make a good point that it's pretty much an old mechanic that's been in D&D since God was a boy. I thought your point about board games and the sort of misaturn mechanics being derided in board games was interesting, and it's something I'm not aware of because I am not a board game player at all. The only board game I've really played in recent years is the Battlestar Galactica game, which is a quality game, but that's a different story. And so I've been trying to think about it slightly more, rather than just sort of saying, no, it's fine, whole person is fine. As I was sort of tempted to do originally, and I probably did, I've been trying to think of a slightly more productive way in which this could be handled. And I was wondering what you thought of this suggestion. You know, they've got like the usage dice in like Black Hack, where you like you roll a dice, and uh, if you get a one, that dice gets sort of moved down to the the next sort of dice on the scale. And then when you get to a D4 and you get a one, that's it, it's gone. I wonder whether you could maybe adapt something like that to represent the duration of like a hold person or a paralysis. Or I don't know, perhaps a roll a D6 at the end of each turn. And if a one's rolled, the paralysis ends, which is still give a bit of uncertainty, but it'd mean you'd have a chance of it getting back into the game. And I'm sure there's other mechanics you could use for that, sort of saving throws and sort of per round and whatnot, which would work equally fine. But just sort of try and like throw out some alternate suggestions. Anyway, dude, I'm going to get back to listening to the rest of your RPG at a day four episode. So I'll catch you soon. Take care. So let's see if I can respond to Jason and John, who thankfully called in with these awesome comments and responses to my previous show. The uh, Tunnels and Trolls, I played it one time as a solo version of the game, and Jason's been talking about it a little bit more recently, and I, I can understand why. I think I saw some good little things in that game, and I would happily, happily give that a, a proper good try. Uh, interestingly, 5th edition D&D does allow a, 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 an increase in ability scores at certain levels. Can't remember where they kick in now. But uh, your, your saving throw is linked to your ability in that system as well. So as you level up, you, you can bump up your abilities as well as your proficiency uh, score goes up uh, what do they call it now uh, proficiency yeah maybe it's just that um so maybe maybe they took a bit of inspiration from tunnels or trolls it's probably other games that do a similar thing uh, what else um John's point about the online gaming. Now, I should have thought about the Zoom chat. I'm not great with computers, and it is, yeah, something I should consider using that chat function a little bit more because you could also communicate with the GM. 
players that are out of the game, all sorts of useful functions. I experimented with uh, Google Meet yesterday as a potential upgrade to my use of uh, Google Duo. That is, um, while simple, it, you know, with that comes some some limitations. So the, the trial of Google Meet went well, um, and I'm I'm glad that uh, people have listened to the ep- episode like Jason and John, gone away, considered what's been said, and and then come back with fresh ideas. John's idea, Jason's idea, both of them, you know, they sound perfectly workable, interesting things that you could try out in your game, and, you know, that's that's what I'm looking for, that's why I'm podcasting, Asking questions, hoping people think about their games, maybe make improvements, maybe not. Let this episode stand as a tribute to those listeners who get on board, think about what we're we're talking about, and then take the effort to pick up their phone or get on a device and call in to Old Spike Pit. Take care, and I'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to this Spike Pit Drive-By episode. If you've enjoyed the show, consider spreading the word via social media. Take care. Catch you later.